Good morning. What financial questions, real answers? This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner with Lindsay Wealth Management. Today is Friday, June 9th, 2023. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. We would be more than happy to get your questions and answers on the broadcast. Looking at what is currently going on with the market, the S&P 500 uh, closed higher uh, yesterday at 42.93, which is the highest close that we have had in some time. Uh, I believe you'd have to go all the way back uh, to August to come anywhere close to that. Uh, at that point in time, that high there was uh, 43.25. Um, was as high as it got. So, so we're right in there. Um, big up day uh, for the markets to do that. What has happened is the S&P 500, again, when we're talking about that, we're referring to SPX, has basically gone sideways here for the last uh, several days. Uh, we were in a very long stretch there in part of April and May where it went nowhere. Now it's gone up here, but then over the last five days, it's Hardly changed, even though we did get a get a new closing high here. As I talked last Friday, I said more than likely the debt ceiling uh, deal would be signed by the president on Friday. I think it ended up getting done on Saturday. What we saw there, I told you that we thought it would probably get at that point in time somewhere between 42.42 and 42.80. It actually ended up closing last Friday, just outside of that range, 42.82. So just off by two points there. Now, at this point in time, where we actually see the S&P 500 going is the momentum has started to, to drift off from uh, over uh, bought at this point in time. But as the market continues to go higher, there are several reasons for that. The target, the ideal target area is 4305 to 4325. Uh, the reason for that is because of some gaps that have happened in here before. Uh, when we were at these levels, it's going to fill some gaps more than likely there. The other part that people um, need to be uh, well aware of is you also, when we are looking at this, you do have to look at the formation that is taking place on a weekly basis with the S&P 500. If you are looking at it on a weekly basis, then 4311.69 is the actual uh, pure Fibonacci retracement of 5 eighths, the, the 0.618. Uh, that's where that level is. That doesn't mean it's uh, all encompassing there in the sand, but right now, what we will tell you is on a weekly standpoint, uh, it is as much as overbought as can possibly be at this point in time. So, we would be thinking that there is at some point in time here going to be a move downward and then of course everyone asks well when is that move going to be well with the weekly momentum starting to uh, die off but the pattern is going up you really want to stick with the pattern versus uh, actually looking at something that is going to try to make it where uh, you're paying closer attention to the momentums we always do pay attention to the momentums but that's just something that you just need to be well aware of the other part that we have, and I would say there, this is where everything is going to start to change. Uh, you do have to look at the big news that is coming out next week. We have an OPEC meeting, so that's oil. Saudis are going to 
basically tell people to cut, we're thinking at least a million barrels. That's on June 13th. Another thing on June 13th, the CPI report comes out for the month of May. Uh, on June 14th, the PPI report, that's producers uh, a, a pricing index, that comes out on June 14th. Not to mention the FOMC meeting starts on June 13th and ends with their announcement at 2 o'clock on June 14th, and the press conference will be at 2.30. More than likely, uh, the announcement there will sway things. You also have triple options uh, expiration uh, next Friday, which is June 16th. So when you take all these in combination and go ahead and throw on the summer solstice is June 21st, there's just a lot going on here that people need to understand. Uh, probably the change is going to happen right around those. We may have some more of the sideways action. Would be That would be the thing to expect the most uh, at this point in time. When it does come to the, the feds, people I think are speculating about whether there's going to be a pause or or not, or whether they're going to raise it 25 basis points and a pause and then 25 basis points. So we have a lot of speculation that people are doing out there. And anytime that you're in a situation where it's uh, speculative like that, you just don't know what's going to happen. That's the easiest way to say it. And some people have problems with saying that, but you, you really just don't know. The odds are, at least at this point in time, that they 74.8% says that they're going to keep rates the same and there's a 26 percent chance that uh that it actually that they do have a 25 percent uh, increase now what i will say or 25 what i will say is they always say they're data dependent well they're getting a lot of data right there at the beginning of this meeting and so that's what you need to be well aware of that is happening uh with the fomc meeting uh at this current meeting that is going to take place so with all that being said the markets are in a position still for this thing to roll over at some point in time here very soon. Uh, the weekly is overbought. The uh, the daily, again, is trying to uh, – it's moving out of overbought, but it, it's really trying to figure out exactly where it's trying to go at this point in time. Let's go ahead and let's look at some of these other markets because I think they could be a key as well as we do continue uh, to monitor what is actually happening out here. Uh, with the, and again, it just shows you, they did get that pop on the news last Friday of the debt ceiling limit, but nothing really crazy happened. I mean, after that, I mean, it would just been sideways for four days. Uh, if it's not going down, it's usually going sideways. If it's not going up, it's usually going sideways. That's just the way that you need to look at this. On a daily basis, uh, currently the Dow Jones Industrial Average is overbought on a weekly basis. It actually looks like it has room, room to run up for another uh, two to three weeks. The Russell 2000, uh, it is over, overbought at this point in time on a daily basis. On a weekly basis, it's overbought as well. So it should be, uh, the high should be very near. The NASDAQ, it has started to roll over on a daily basis, even though yesterday it closed at 13,238. Uh, on a weekly basis, should the high should be here as, as we look at the Fibonacci numbers that it should be coming into was 13,105 to 13,83. And with that close yesterday at 13,238, uh, heading right in here to Friday, you have met the minimum target 
everything here, this looks like a blow off top that's actually happening again in the NASDAQ. So just be well aware that the NASDAQ more than likely is going to roll over. When you look at the seven stocks that have kept this market continuing to go up, they're all on the NASDAQ. So just keep that in mind as, as we are moving forward here. Things are going to change, and I, and I do believe drastically as we continue on. Let's just take a look here at uh, what is actually happening with the 30-year um, uh, bonds from the Treasury. It's actually mixed on a daily basis. On a weekly basis, it's oversold, so it should be coming up is what you do need to know there. On a two-year note, daily's mixed. The weekly, it's over oversold, so should be should be rallying there. The volatility index, we haven't talked a lot about this, but the max, the max that it should be getting to is, is right around uh, in between 14 and 13 on there. And yesterday it closed at 15.013. Should be getting very close uh, until this. That's also telling you that there's a change of direction is drastically coming. Uh, it's about as oversold as you can possibly be is the point with uh, giving you those numbers. So keep all of this in mind just going forward to be quite cautious here in this market. Uh, I, I know it feels like maybe you're missing out, but I don't think you will be if you continue to go down this road, especially if you uh, are looking at bigger term and, and longer monthly things that are happening here because we do think that a monthly high is more than likely going to take place as well. We do need to go to a short break. As always, if you do have a question topic you'd like to turn the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Also, feel free to, to reach out. We do put something out there every day, or at least try to, on Facebook or Twitter, if you are uh, one of those that wants to pay to attention to the market on a daily basis. Financial questions, real answers. We'll be right back after this short break. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you'd like to share on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Getting back to some of the other markets out there at this point in time, we will take a look at gold. Gold on a daily basis is mixed. On a weekly basis, it is oversold. So there should be a rally coming up here again. This should just be part of a B-wave rally before the C and the wave down. We expect it to go down to 1850-something in there. Uh, that's just what we would expect. The, the daily has just been... It's been so flat here in the last five days. I mean, I told you, I think yes, last week it was mixed. It's mixed again. I mean, that's just telling you. It's just a sideways market that's really going nowhere. Um, silver, I'm not for sure what happened in silver yesterday. For some reason it closed up. It's 24, 26 is where it closed. 
uh, as it looked like it was heading heading downward. So it's in a mixed, but that's a that's a pretty big move uh, that it made because from the uh, it's almost 75 cents. I mean that's a nice little pop there that, that silver did get it for for whatever reason on a weekly basis it has started to move out of oversold so it should be should be a rallying at this point in time the euro dollar uh, this is mixed at this point in time looks like it's trying to actually rally and go higher uh, close yesterday at 1.0781 sometimes it does that on a, on a weekly basis it is oversold and is trying to come out of that the dollar is in the exact opposite position which is it is reaching oversold on a daily basis and on a weekly basis it's trying to move out of overbought that's how that should work if you're making money in one you're losing in the other so just so you do understand that Bitcoin Bitcoin is daily basis it should be getting to should be getting near a high here uh, on a weekly it should be rallying forward. Now, if you do take a look at Bitcoin longer term, I will have to say uh, that very well, the lows may be in on this thing and it may try to rally up. And if you if you truly believe in all that uh, and, and this is everything is done here and, and, and we have the big rally going in, in Bitcoin. And if you truly believe in Elliott Wave analysis, this would put Bitcoin at well over $110,000 at this point in time. However, being that it's purely speculation, I would doubt that it ever gets to that uh, phantom number or possible number that, that, that works out whenever you are paying attention to Elliott Wave analysis. The reason for that, I mean, if you have been paying any attention to some things that have actually happened here this week, but the SEC has actually gone out and they have sued Coinbase and Binance. And just if you don't understand exactly what what those what they are, is they are digital currency markets that provide um, a place for people to store their cryptocurrency and. As the SEC tries to put uh, crackdown on these, it will be interesting because they're going to go to court over this battle. And when they go over to court, the SEC may decide, or the the SEC does not know how that judge is going to side. Maybe he sides with the SEC, maybe he sides with uh, Coinbase and with Binance. But you're starting to see more and more of this taking place. Uh, really, it has to do with uh, whether they register as a broker-dealer or not because of some of the things that they're doing. Uh, this is where it gets all all a little fuzzy on exactly what is happening there, and that's why it's going to end up in, in a court uh, trying to figure that out. And I don't know, and I don't think anyone really knows exactly what is going to happen with the way the court is going to decide this. And so that's what's going to make it very interesting here is to see if the court does side with the SEC or it actually uh, decides to um, go with these other companies such as uh, Binance and uh, Coinbase. All an interesting development when it does come to, to come to crypto. 
it will be something to definitely watch uh, because it will have an effect on the way that uh, it is perceived. Again, people want to make it a digital currency. I don't consider it a digital, digital currency. I consider it something that's flat out gambling. But if you do believe in Elliott Wave, you'd have to say at this point in time that probably it did make a bottom um, back there at the end of that would have been November 2022, and it should rally tremendously to 110,000. I just am not, you're not going to, again, I've never bought this, never bought it for a client. I, I don't believe in that, but some, I'm sure there's some people out there that do. Looking at oil, oil closed yesterday at 71.29. It should have actually be, at this point in time, on a daily basis, it should be down uh, three to four days is what we would expect. The weekly basis is mixed here. It's very hard to tell. It's been completely, and I mean absolutely flat here for the last six weeks. It has not moved at all. And if you did look, I, I mean, what happened yesterday in, in town, the, the gasoline prices was three twenty-nine. But sometime there in the afternoon, I think it was before I went to lunch, but as I was leaving work, I, I did notice that it was all the way up to I believe it's 359, so it went up like 30 cents all right in here uh, coming into Friday. So just shows you um, probably it's more the talk that has been out there because the Saudis say, go ahead and short it. We're going to make you pay if you do that. There should be, there should be at some point in time, a bottom that is put in here in oil. And it should, in my opinion, is going to rally uh, very strong. There's just been no confirmation of that, and there's none, nothing out there right now to say that that is absolutely going to happen at this point in time. Uh, looking at soybeans, they are overbought at this time. They have had a, they had a nice little rally here uh, since, since last Friday. They, they went up big last Friday, and then they just sort of stayed at 13.63 is what I have as a close of yesterday. The weekly is mixed, and that's continuous basis contract. Corn is overbought on a daily basis. Really hasn't hasn't really moved. It's been pretty flat is what it has been. On a weekly basis, it's mixed, uh, so don't really know exactly what is happening there. As we do look out at... Uh, December corn, which is the CZ3 contract that I'm looking at on a daily basis, uh, it is coming down. And on a weekly basis, actually could have another week or two up. I don't know if that's really going to be the case or not. And again, the commodities commodities can fool anyone with some of the moves that they continue uh, to make at this point in time. But that's what we're seeing with these markets. It's just something to be paying very close attention to going forward is all everything again everything's just in an extreme position for the most part and when you get in these extreme positions usually it's the euphoria has one gone one way or the other if i saw one of those charts the other day where you're looking at uh, greed or fear everything right now is on greed which means everyone thinks oh my gosh the the, the rally is going to continue and, and, and it's going to go to the moon and and all that good stuff, and you're going to miss out. I'm just not in that boat. Everything about this is textbook charting for the turnaround to happen very soon, more than likely. Uh, and we don't know that for, for certain. Only time will play that out. But we do, again, think that the monthly high uh, will, will be very soon. 
in a high probability that it is next week based on a low to lower high, high off of uh, charting, which means we've taken the last two lows and, and look where the high is. And we're looking at uh, from a timing standpoint and the timing actually has it as next week is, is when that timing would be. When you get to those points, the low to low to high is a very telling sign if you are looking at it from a calendar standpoint, not from a price price standpoint of what usually is going to happen. And we've just seen this. It happens time and time again. Again, everything's just put into a computer and all the computers are doing is realizing, hey, now, now we need to sell. And so when that starts happening, then everyone else starts to pick up on it. As always, if you do have a question or topic you'd like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real answers. We're right back after the short break. Save money and time by shopping with TOC Direct Mail. It comes to your mailbox every week and includes great buys on what you need and what you want. Look for TOC Direct in your mailbox this week. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. The show star with Lindsay, certified financial planner. If you do have a question or topic you'd like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. One of the questions that we got has to do with mortgages and exactly how it works with regarding to payment of mortgages. So I want to make sure that people understand this, especially going forward uh, with where interest rates currently are. Let's just say you're going to go out there and you're you're going to have to have a loan amount of 200000 because I'm trying to make my math easy here on me. And if that's the case, and this is going to assume, I guess, that you put down 20% so you don't have PMI or any of that. So we're, we're not including uh, any of the add-on stuff that, that you would have in there, such as an escrow and all this. We're just trying to make it pretty clean with what's going on with, let's just say, uh, your bank or whoever you're getting your mortgage through. At 7% interest for 30 years right now, and your loan was $200,000, your monthly payment would be $1,330.60. So what would end up happening over time is during those 360 monthly payments, you would end up paying for the $200,000 uh, loan, you would end up paying $279,017.80 in interest for the $200,000 loan, which means your total payments over that time period would be $479,017. Now, again, I'm not taking any account of inflation or anything else. But what people need to understand with regards to mortgages is whenever you're doing this, it's on an amortization scale schedule, which means whenever you're, a lot of people think, oh, well, it's just 7%. So I, I'm only, you know, have to pay X amount. Well, what you don't understand is you're not just paying, it's not principal and then just a little bit of interest. In the beginning, you're paying a whole bunch of interest and you're paying very little principal because the lender wants to get their money back as quickly as possible and they're taking on risk by loaning you the money. So that's why how an amortization table works. Yes, the payments are all the same. You're paying the same amount every month, $1,330. But what you have to take into account is over time, you will start paying more and more in principal and you will be paying less and less in interest. And so on this particular uh, one where I, it doesn't happen until year 20, 
is when you actually are paying more in principal than you are in interest because they're taking on the risk and they want to get their money back. Now, just to give you an example, let's go back to just a few years ago when it was at 3%. Well, if you had the same exact, everything's the same except the interest rate changed. And again, it's not 7 minus 3, is, it's not 4, okay? That's a, that's a, that's 1.33. That, that is 100, or it's 133% increase is what it is. And that's why if you, if you were able to refinance back then, and let's say you did it at 3% for 30 years, your monthly payment would only be $843 compared to that 1333 or exact amount that it was. And if you, if you do that on an amortization scale, guess what? The principal, you actually catch up very quickly with the interest in only year eight because there's just not that much interest to pay. And so when you spread that out over 30 years, it's just not very much. And, and this is where all the difference is made in the world. And on the same exact house, the same exact everything, but changing that interest rate, the total interest that you would have paid would have only been uh, $103,554. Okay, so your total payments would have been three hundred three. So th this is why it is imperative that you understand how this works. The other reason I bring this up is the commercial loans that have currently been taking place uh, with mortgage-backed securities, a lot of them have been interest only. In 2010, it was 17. In 2013, it was 51. In 2016, it was 65. In 2019, it was 84%. In 2021, it was 88%. And there's an estimated 1.5 billion in commercial loans that are coming due over the next three years, which means that they're going to have to refinance these. They sure as heck aren't going to be able to get as good as rate as they are, and they weren't even getting uh, the pay down principal because they were doing interest only loans. So it's just make sure you understand how this works and how these interest rates do affect you. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. This is Darwin Lindsay for Financial Questions, Real Answers. We'll see you next week. Within the last half hour, there's a good chance you were on your smartphone. Or there's a good chance you were on your laptop, tablet, or desktop searching the internet for some much-needed information. As a business owner or manager, you've got products and services and you need to reach new customers. We can help. TOC Direct Digital can help build you a custom digital campaign. Just email digital at originalcompany.com. That's digital at originalcompany.com.